0: All right, John. So uh, I don't know how you deal with this, but uh, let me ask you. Okay. How do you deal with it when people tell you something's impossible?
1: Well, it depends what it is. I mean, a lot of times I'll try to make it happen because I like the challenge.
0: Yeah. Okay. Same (laughs) way. I'm the same way. So you'll appreciate this. At work, I'm currently working uh, at a hospital, Oh. and we are up on the, on the
1: plus side if anyone gets hurt it's a short walk
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely the emergency room is the elevator ride down nice uh, we're on like the fifth or sixth floor I'm not okay. I'm not sure technically what it is because I have to take the elevator to the fourth floor and then go up a couple flights of stairs so
1: that sounds unpleasant
0: yeah um we're taking out this giant air conditioning unit that hmm. is like the size of a uh, small grocery store okay oh. i mean this wow. thing's, this thing's huge nice well anyways they had six big pads of concrete surrounded by steel that float on springs Huh. And these were for vibration dampeners for big motors that they had up there. Okay, um, I call them the world's worst trampoline because you know you're here. <laughs> you know, you, once we get the motors off these things, we jump on them and they they bounce up and down. But they weigh seven thousand pounds a piece. Oh. Now we are, we already weighed one because that's how I know how much they weigh. They weigh yeah. seven thousand pounds a piece. Everyone in our company, mm-hmm. the people at the hospital the project managers, everything said those cannot be moved in one piece because the problem is they're 200 feet inside the building. They have to go down. a. They're five foot wide, like eight to 10 feet long, depending on which pad it is. Mm -hmm. And they have to go down like a a five-and-a-half-foot hallway. Huh. Okay. So... These guys were like, these have to be cut up, jackhammered apart in mm-hmm. place because it's a mixture of steel and concrete, and there's no way that you know you can get them out there. Yeah. And when they told me that, I'm like, no, that's yeah. going to take forever. And, oh, challenge and, uh, accepted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On top of that, um, we're only allowed to run a jackhammer for a two-hour window every day. Ouch. Yeah. So that would take probably four or five hours. Per pad to get apart, so yes. I was like, "All right, no, I there has to be another way. I can get these out of the building." Yeah, told everybody that. I said, "No problem, I can get these out of the building." Oh, one of the other challenges is these seven thousand pound pads of concrete and steel. Um, we also have to go over depending on where they're located in the building.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We have to go over at least three. Four inch deep trenches hmm. and then at least three four inch high uh, concrete curbs. Sounds like fun. Yeah. So and, and I have no heavy machinery up there because it's, yeah. you can't support the floor can't support it. Hmm. So I decided that I was going to do this like my ancestors did when they built the pyramids. <laughs> I didn't know your
1: ancestors were Jewish slaves. No, 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 aliens. Uh, oh, oh. Huh? Well, okay, then.
0: (laughs) So, anyways. um, No, uh, what we did was uh, jack these things up with a high-lift jack like you'd use for a Jeep.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: uh, Per corner. uh, Put giant furniture dollies under the corners of these things. And then uh, another pivoting device with some wheels. And then I filled all the trenches with 4 by 6s Huh and wheeled these things it took about two hours per pad to get mm-hmm. them out to the the roof of the building where we could then take them down with a 20-ton crane so Ooh, nice, you know so yeah it was but it was fun because people were like videoing the whole thing <laughs> and jumping up and down and hooting hollering and saying nice. this is the stuff of legend they couldn't believe that we actually got these things out of the building in, in a whole piece it was, that's funny. yeah it was a lot of fun so <laughs> nice uh, I, it's
1: not a four by four thing but it was just something fun we not know. Doing. There's four wheels per furniture dolly you probably use at least four furniture dollies i would imagine well i
0: actually know i used one in the rear and then oh. i used uh this little thing we call a tank that has a uh, um like Ooh, a treads on the I front know what
1: those are those are cool you've
0: seen those i've used them really I've, yeah i've moved a uh, a scuba compressor
1: with that once oh right they're awesome <laughs> i need one yeah i need one man I mean, um, I could talk to the guy. I'm sure he's not going to part with no, it. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: I'm just going to steal one from work, and I'm going to keep it in my truck all the time. No, mean, I mean two. Uh, two. two. <laughs> so, yeah, we use those, and um, it, it, it's working great. Nice. I, it's just, uh, it was a fun thing to do. But, uh, you know, I just, that's the thing. You know, if somebody tells me something's impossible, mm-hmm. um, you know, I moved to bank vault, like I told you last week. Uh, you I know, believe
1: the proper response to that's impossible is "bet."
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, that actually that was kind of the thing with this this slab. You know, we are all we're all talking there, and we said uh, we're all like betting back and forth mm-hmm. between each other how much this thing weighs the first time before it got in the crane because the crane has a digital scale. Nice. And everybody had guessed between like thirty five and like five thousand pounds, mm-hmm. and yeah, seven thousand pounds. <laughs> and then everybody's like, "We just moved seven thousand pounds by hand." Well, now here comes the question because following the prices
1: right rules, was the highest without going over? They win.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think actually one of the new guys. Because uh, oh, nice. he was like, he looked at it, and he's like, mm, I think I'm about 52 on that. And Ooh. so, yeah. Nice. But, uh, the supervisors, after all that, were pretty impressed, so they bought us pizza for everybody. Nice. So that was kind of nice. But Sweet, sweet. Um, but anyways, um, talking about things that are strong and things that are weak, um, I think today being, you know what episode this is, right? Well, I mean, I know we discussed earlier, but episode 30. Yeah, it's episode 30. (laughs) And I think only fitting because, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I think we should talk about the most common Jeep front axle of all time, the Dana 30. I'm okay with that. You scared me. You said things that are strong and weak.
1: I thought you were going to talk about my uh, skill in the dating pool. Oh, jeez. Very weak.
0: Very weak. (laughs) All right, John. Let's talk about Dana 30. Sounds good. It's time to
1: hit the trail, lock in those hubs and throw it into low range because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up. Here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So where do we want to start with it all here? Do we want to go all the way back to a little bit of... Uh... Base history on what worked up to the Dana 30?
0: I think that's a good idea. Sounds good. It's Like uh, like what developed the Dana 30? I know you did a bunch of research today, too. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) All right. So it's interesting. It does
1: not... You would not think it, but it does not start with the Dana 29. Okay, wait, what? (laughs) Is there such thing as a Dana 29? To the best of my knowledge, no. The predecessors to the Dana 30 are the 27,
0: before that the 25... And before that, the 23. You know, I've heard of all of those axles. Um, I know the 25 was a front axle, but what's the 23?
1: <clears throat> I don't know much about that one at all. To be honest, it was just a note that came up with uh, within some of the research of it. There, there wasn't a whole lot of
0: info on it. I've never even heard of it before today. Well, I've heard of it, but I <clears throat> know that people have said it was in the 30s, and it wasn't a front axle, so I have to almost wonder... Because Dana had such close ties over the years with the Willys Corporation, I'm wondering if that was a rear axle for the uh, the Willys automobiles of the 1930s. It's possible. I'll, I'll be perfectly
1: honest; I didn't do much research into
0: the predecessors of it. Okay. I know <clears throat>
1: through my researches in the Commando, the 25 and 27 were both options early on in that. Yes, and that uh, the Dana 27 is what's actually in my Commando with the Mora. And then the Dana 30 followed that, and the Dana 30 was actually available in a commando package in the late years.
0: Yes, yes. So, so, you know, those early axles were all fairly light-duty axles that were found mainly in Jeeps.
1: Yes, obviously based on the design before and slightly improved for the following model. Exactly.
0: So, yeah but um in my research cuz i was trying to find out cuz this is something i didn't know you know you know i'm just a encyclopedia 4x4 knowledge and oh, i yeah. just i <laughs> i for whatever reason years and dates stick in my mind and i remember mm-hmm. them for a long time but something i didn't know was what year did the Dana 30 come out and so i started doing some research and it appears that The first introduction of the Dana 30 was actually not in a Jeep, but in the Ford Bronco when it came out in 1966. I was not aware of that. Yeah, and then there's notes that it was optional in the CJ line of Jeeps Mm -hmm. in the late 60s. Yes. So, like, soon after the Dana 30 came out in the Jeep, or I'm sorry, in the Bronco um, in 66, it was also available in the Jeeps. Yes. And we need to pause here for a minute. Um, some of our listeners who maybe don't realize this, um, Dana Corporation is not specifically a Jeep um, brand. Oh da- no, they're they
1: <clears throat> multiple platforms they qualify across.
0: They have produced axles for the Detroit Three, GM, Ford, yeah. Chrysler. They've also produced axles for a Zuzu. They've produced axles for. Uh, I believe at one time, and I could be mistaken on this, in a limited production Nissan, um, they have produced axles for industrial equipment, they've produced axles, so they're an axle manufacturer. I I don't remember,
1: I think we discussed this at some point in one of our prior episodes, but there was a huge partnership with uh, Spicer at some point.
0: Yeah, and no, I don't remember exactly what the corporate structure of Dana and Spicer was. I know they are now the same company. Yes. I think that Spicer was like the U-joint manufacturing division, and Dana is the axle manufacturing division, something like that. It was
1: something to that effect, yeah. I don't remember what
0: we discussed on that,
1: but it it was something to that effect.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, in 66, the Dana 30 came out in the Ford Bronco, Mm. and so now, you know, people are... Probably thinking, okay, why are we talking about Dana 30s now? Like we said, this is our episode 30. But the Dana 30 is mostly tied to the Jeep because in the Ford Bronco, the entire history of the dana 30 in ford products altogether can be wrapped up in the first generation Ford Mm -hmm. bronco within just a couple of years until it was replaced by the dana 44 yeah so first couple of years the ford bronco you get a dana 30 after that ford stopped using a dana 30 in any of its products and since then the dana 30 front axle has been used exclusively in jeep brand products so um you know Ninety-nine percent of your Jeeps that have been produced that are solid front axles mm-hmm. since the late '60s to today come with a Dana 30 front axle. Yeah, it is and the most some com- variation of another. Exactly. There's yeah, va- there's it's, several it's variations, but common. We're going to cover them. any
1: anybody who starts in the four wheel drive world. If you're if you're in a Jeep, you're starting with that. Yeah, and it's a base. Are you going to build what you have to work with that? Or are you going to swap that out for something else? You're always, always, always starting with that.
0: Exactly. And I would like to get towards the end of this episode into a discussion a little bit about whether we should keep the Dana 30 or we should swap it out for something else. Yeah. Um, but for the time being, let's say you, you've got a Dana 30. You bought a I have seat. Many. <laughs> yeah, you have many. I have three at my disposal as we speak. Okay, so you if you if you own a CJ, a YJ, a TJ, um, a JK, or even a JL, mm-hmm. um, you know the JLs have them too. So here's what I found today. I I was pretty sure they did, mm-hmm. but they apparently, even though they're still a Dana 30 based front axle, they mm-hmm. now have a different name. They're like the something SL 125 hmm. or something. They, they they changed the designation wasn't of it. I was not aware of that. Yeah, so. There, if those
1: part, any of those parts interchange.
0: No, it sounds like <laughs> it's a completely different front axle, although all, right. all of its lineage goes back to the Dana 30. Oh, yeah. So I guess for the most part, you can say that in the Jeep brand, the Dana 30, its life went from CJ5, CJ7 up to um, JK. Yeah. And that's really the life of the Dana 30 right mm-hmm. in there. Now you know and and i promise we're going to try to not get insanely technical here i mean we're not going to be talking about necessarily ring gear diameters and <laughs> we're not going to be talking about um necessarily torque ratings and all these types of things what we're going to talk about general is gloss
1: over general gloss variations. over
0: yeah what's what are some of the better ones what are some of the worst ones You know, and when should you decide to maybe keep the axle you have, and maybe when should you swap it out for something bigger or maybe even for another better Dana 30 version? That works. So, um, you know, how do you want to do this, John? you want to talk about chronological, or do you want to, Hmm. or do you want to, you know, how do you want to jump around? Chronological is probably the
1: better way to go. I don't know uh, how close we are to our first break here. Actually, I think we're getting a little bit close to it. Uh, Producer Andrew? Would you agree with that? Getting close to our first break? Or no, I, I don't. I
0: way? don't think so, John. I think the look <laughs> that he just gave you. Would you need a break, John? No, no, no. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> just- um, okay. So, first generation of the Dana thirty. Um, let's go back to the Ford Bronco for a minute. In the okay. Ford Bronco, was a uh, disc. Or, I'm sorry, it was a drum brake front axle. Yep. A lot of them started out that way. They're well, exactly. They all did. <laughs> they all did. Uh, not a lot of desirability there. No. If you have an early Ford Bronco, there are kits to convert your Dana 30 to discs. You mm-hmm. can also use some factory parts to do that. Yeah. But the Ford Bronco Dana 30 is a low-pinion Dana 30, not highly desirable, really not something that worth putting a lot of time or money yeah. into. Same thing goes with the early CJ Dana 30s. Mm-hmm. Drum brake front axle, uh, you know, some of the parts, most of the parts, are still pretty readily available. But
1: one of the, I'll say this, one of the plus sides to some of the early CJ Dana thirties, though, was the locking hub options.
0: Well, yeah, and they had a true spindle and bearing. Yes. yeah, they yeah, didn't. The late have-
1: models don't have any of that.
0: No, but the early models, a lot. I mean, I
1: believe they were all the passenger drop axles, and they had the different. Some of them had the warm premium hubs as an option. Some of them used the later model worn, uh, the non-premium hubs, or were they have five bolt that was not as good as the early version of them, if I remember correctly. So there, there were some good things about the early ones.
0: Well, okay, so, so here you go. If you're going to talk about the early <coughs> ones briefly, the Ford Bronco was a driver drop front axle.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I'm not at all familiar with the the Bronco one. I didn't know that ever yeah, came
0: in. Yeah, the, b- the Bronco Dana 30 was Ooh. a driver drop, nice um, drum brake Dana 30. Um, there are ways to convert it cheaply, easily, using mm-hmm. Jeep parts mainly, to go to discs. That piques my interest significantly. So, well, but we'll it's a low later. pinion. I, uh, I guess okay. real quickly we need to talk about that. We've mm-hmm. talked about it in previous episodes. People are saying, what's a high pinion, what's a low pinion? Um, high pinion and low pinion are the same things as standard cut and reverse cut if yeah. you talk about the gears. Reverse cut, when you're talking about a ring and pinion and an axle does not mean that the axle goes in reverse no (laughs) um a reverse cut ring and pinion is what you need to use when you have what's called a high pinion axle a high pinion axle the center line of where the drive shaft comes into the differential chunk is higher than like if you drew an invisible line from the center of one wheel to the other it's going to be higher than that invisible line. Yes. A low pinion is going to be lower than that line. In a front axle application, a high pinion, because of the way the gears are cut, is always stronger than a low pinion. Yes. So the only difference, the, there's really no, dis- and you get better ground clearance, but the only slight disadvantage in a mm-hmm. high pinion axle is they don't tend to lubricate the bearing on the pinion as well as a low pinion does. Beyond that, a high pinion axle is ninety-nine times out of a hundred a far superior front axle. No oh, matter yeah. which the version you're talking about, whether you're talking about a uh, Dana thirty, a Dana forty-four, Dana sixty, anything yeah. like that, high pinion's better than low pinion. So um, when it came out, it was all low pinion, mm-hmm. and the Ford Bronco version was low pinion, and the CJ version was low pinion. So. Uh, I think, it was Was there something else you were talking about with the CJs there, John? Uh, no, just the,
1: the, the locking hub options.
0: Yes, yes. But they
1: started with a lot of the, the locking hubs,
0: and it started with all of that. Um, yes, it did. So the, the Dana 30 got from the factory uh, after it had already been discontinued from the Ford Bronco line. Mm-hmm. In 1976, the CJ line of Jeeps you could get disc brakes as an option on the Dana 30 front axle, but then 77, it was standard. Yes. Now, of course, that's a nice brake upgrade. Oh, yeah. Um, And now we're getting into axles that are something that you may want to consider swapping into something else. Mm -hmm. So I guess for the most purpose, for most people, um, whether you're talking about upgrading your current Jeep axle or swapping the axle into something else... Mm -hmm. The best Dana thirties are going to be seventy-seven and newer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so going back to the CJ, uh, the CJ line always had the low pinion, like you said, passenger drop, mm-hmm. which means that the differential is sitting on the passenger side of the vehicle. Yeah, right at center. R- okay. Yeah, right at yeah. center. That would make sense. That would yeah. make sense. <laughs> um, and it's sitting over there, and it's a, it's a low pinion design. Now, the CJ, I guess you want to talk about some 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 easy swap options for that axle if someone was to pull it out and put it in something else? Oh, always. Okay. Because um, we'll talk about upgrades maybe a little bit oh, later. Oh, yeah. The CJ Dana 30 front axle um, is a five-on-five-and-a-half wheel pattern. Mm-hmm. That happens to be the same as the Suzuki Samurai and the Chevy Tracker and the Geo Tracker. Yeah. Now the Samurai is a little bit. Weren't, nit-
1: weren't some of the Scout Twos the same pattern? Yes. I just I know uh, one of the notes I came across: the rotors, calipers, and pads were compatible with the Scout
0: Two. Okay. Well, the Scouts already had better axles in them. Oh yeah, yeah. So they went Anyways. from the twenty-seven <laughs> right to the forty-four. Yeah, that was uh, a good idea. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. But the the Chevy Tracker and the Geo Tracker are wider vehicles than the Samurai was. Mm-hmm. So if you want a solid axle, because those came with IFS, if you want to come with, if you want to put a solid axle in a Chevy Tracker like Stephanie's Chevy Tractor project that we talk about, <laughs> or um, a Geo Tracker, the the wheel mounting surface to wheel mounting surface width of a early CJ Dana thirty is the same as the chevy tracker and the wheel hmm. bolt pattern the same nice you can literally sling that axle under there either put some coils or some leafs on it and mm-hmm. you've now solid axled that rig nice. and you can keep your rear axle that you already have i like it <laughs> um there may be other options out there or other vehicles out there for the putting that cj axle into mm-hmm. but i know that one for a fact yeah. is a nice swappable axle for the chevy tracker yeah so um you know, beyond that, the disadvantages of that early CJ axle, besides being low pinion, is that the, um, uh, you know, like you said, there's the advantage of having the locking hubs mm-hmm. and the disc brakes, but a uh, disadvantage would be that most of them that you find in like a junkyard mm-hmm. are going to have really, really junk gears, like 2.9 yeah. gears, 307 <laughs> gears. They're not going to have 4.10s or 4.56s no. in anything like that. All of those ratios are widely available to re-gear the axle. Oh, yeah. But if you're not comfortable doing that. Yeah, and that that is something that does require a few specialty tools. You know,
1: the the most important is backlash. Without a proper backlash setting on your your gear set, you're going to chew them up. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a bad day.
0: I actually (laughs) want to talk more about that in the future here, uh, or not in the future, but later on in the episode, John. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a good kind of closing point for the CJ. Let's take a quick break, and we come back. Sounds Let's good. talk about when they started to really improve the Dana 30 for the YJ line. Sounds good. <laughs> hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. Yeah, man, but
1: I have so much into my trans and transfer case setup already. I don't want to change those two.
0: Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit QuickDrawBrand.com today. They have those hard-to-find parts. They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool. I'll do
1: that. See what they have. Thanks.
0: And we're back. John, um, before break, we were talking about the CJ Dana 30, Mm -hmm. and then um, we mentioned that we're going to get into the YJ Dana 30. Yep. I'd, I'd like to do that in just a second. Um, you want to cover some four by four news? Uh, do you want to cover museum minutes? Do you have anything going on that you wanted to talk about? Right uh,
1: the biggest. I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, next week, we will hopefully next week we'll be adding a new piece at the Mora. We're gonna have the sandrail
0: there. Awesome. Did I've, you finally confirm that?
1: Yep. I've been. I talked to him yesterday, and the plan is sometime next week or his next day off. We're gonna get that moved over the only discrepancy right now is what rear tires do we want on it (laughs) takes a little bit to swap over to the uh the paddle tires which i know would be preferable for it but ease of getting it there is most definitely going to be the ones that are on it those are the same ones that run it at wheels in the woods one of each I mean, we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, Actually, it might not be a bad idea. Show the options available. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. I think if it's going to be easy, just leave what's on it. Yeah, um, that's that's
1: something I'll go over with him the day we move it.
0: Sure, so. sure, for sure. Uh, did you have anything else for the museum right now? Not at the moment. We
1: just held our uh, last board meeting a couple days ago. Yeah. About it? We're already planning for Wheels in the Woods next year and a couple new additions to the museum.
0: We are, and uh, I think we've mentioned on the podcast before. uh, We do have some awesome Jeep calendars available to support the Mora. They are fifteen dollars a piece, Mm -hmm. and uh, their Jeep history calendar. And they are seriously cool.
1: Yeah, they're awesome stuff on those calendars. There's
0: going to be some photos online real soon here on those. Beyond uh, the more, uh, well, I'm just going to roll into 4 by 4 news because, as you know, this happened the night of the museum. Mm -hmm. Project Excursion uh, had a setback.
1: Yeah, minor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'm driving home from work, and there was a distracted driver that caused a four-car pileup. I'm driving the middle lane of the freeway, and another driver swerved to avoid the four-car pileup and ends up ramming into me and Oof. just completely smashing out the driver's side of Project Excursion Ballmer. from the driver door all the way to the quarter panels.
1: This is make it a lot easier to make the decision to boat-side it, huh?
0: <laughs> they, I'd have to go really <laughs> high now. <Yeah. laughs> I'd have to go to the bottom of the windows. Um, but... Uh, So Project Excursion is looking very, very rough. It is fully insured. Um, Unfortunately, I got the call yesterday. The insurance company wants to total it out. Um, We are going to talk about buybacks. I don't know... Where it's going yet? I'll have some more news for you soon on it. Sounds good. I it still runs and drives fine, oh, yeah. it's just super ugly, <laughs> 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 super, super ugly. Um, both I've seen worse, <laughs> yeah. Both driver's side doors and the quarter panel are, are toast, but um, uh, you know, now here's the thing about that accident though, and I'm gonna have to rib you on this one. There was, I think, I told me. you this. What? Well, yes, you're such a jeep guy, well, yeah, there. <laughs> There was this. Oh, I know act- where you're going. Yeah, right. okay. In this accident, there was three jeeps, a Buick, and two Fords. Mm-hmm. All three jeeps had to be towed from. Now, the what scene. kind of
1: jeeps were they though? I want to clarify this. Two new Cherokees and a Liberty. Alrighty then. So old school for the win.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the girl that caused the entire accident, the whole pileup in the beginning, was driving a uh, Jeep Cherokee, mm-hmm. one of the new ones. Um, uh. She kind of half admitted at the scene that she was distracted, playing Oops. on her phone, whatever. Oh. Um, that doesn't end well for her. No, it does not. Um, the lady that hit me was in another new Jeep Cherokee, which mm. is a, was a red one, um, and then she somehow in the pileup, and I don't really know what the order it was, but there was a lady in a, I guess it would be the second generation Liberty.
1: That's not a Jeep.
0: Yeah, oh, Well, whatever. <laughs> um, that ended up getting kind of sandwiched yeah. and everything. So now um, the the Liberty and the girl that caused the accident had to be towed off scene because the cars were mangled to the point. Ever, yeah. Thankfully, everyone, besides some bumps and bruises, everyone appeared to be okay. Oh,
1: that's good. Everybody walked away from it, though?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's good. The lady who hit me in the red Cherokee, um, she uh, her car looked fine, besides the basically the same kind of rash down the side of it that mm. mine now has. But her car must have gone into some sort of limp mode or something because it would not start.
1: It, uh, any Most modern vehicles, they have that fuel pump switch or the inertia switch. Oh, okay. Because when I was rear-ended in front of my house, that tripped the inertia switch, and the fuel pump shut off. Okay. So I, there is a reset, and 9 out of 10 times you can do that on the side of the road. Uh-huh. Now, I would never ever recommend doing that obviously if it's not safe to drive
0: i don't even know I, i've been a mechanic but for years i don't even know how to do that so
1: in the case of my car at, at that time without getting into the whole story it was a 97 lincoln town car there was a reset button in the back under the uh the hatch
0: and you I was know able what to now drive that, now like that, you say that, that reminds me i think i did see some that had that yeah yeah
1: it's an annoying little feature, but obviously it's a safety thing. Okay. I mean, in a serious accident, it makes sell, you know makes sense. I'm sure it saved more lives than it's caused yeah. issues for. So
0: I'm sure. Yeah, I guess to me, what I mean, yes, it was a little funny that all three jeeps had to be towed from scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're not jeeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, more to me, what was weird was. Uh, how how in a six-car pile-up are three of the vehicles jeeps (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was i mean what are the odds of that you know oh i'm sure there's a way to actually
1: figure that out i mean you look at the commonality of it jeeps
0: are pretty common around by us oh yeah yeah. that was absolutely so uh, they are everywhere Speaking of uh of Jeeps and, and going back to those for a minute, <laughs> let's talk about the Dana thirty again. Yeah, back on point. Uh back on point. <laughs> Why we're here today. <laughs> um the first version modern version of the Dana 30 of what we would is pretty similar to what we have today, although none of the parts interchange mm-hmm. um would be when the YJ came out, the Jeep YJ Wrangler. Yep. In um nineteen eighty seven. Mm-hmm. And the Jeep YJ Wrangler was the first time that we had a driver drop Dana 30 in a Jeep product. Yep. And we got rid of, as you were mentioning earlier, we got rid of the um, serviceable wheel bearings mm-hmm. and the locking hubs and we went to a unit bearing. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a downgrade. Mm-hmm. But they actually cut some fat from the axle and the axle got a little lighter. Oh, yeah. Although stronger because now it was a high pinion.
1: Except they did go to that control axle, the vacuum yes. disconnect thing. Which yes, Love it or hate it, it's there. Yes. You know, it's part of the history. It's part of the evolution of it. It was a short-lived thing. Yes. I mean, assuming all things factory and to spec, it worked properly. Yes. It worked great. It was a great idea. A few years down the road, not so much. Exactly. And for those who don't know what it did was it took the passenger side axle split it in half used a little vacuum motor that mounted on the side of the axle and when you engage four-wheel drive in the vehicle it modulated that vacuum motor to slide a locking collar on those two halves of the axle shaft so you had four-wheel drive
0: yeah yeah absolutely and they do have um cable setups you can put on those one of the Absolute poor man locker, selectable locker deals that people will do is they'll weld the front axle on a yeah. Dana 30 with that and then put the cable on it. And now yeah. your driver wheel always has power going to it until you engage the cable, and now your passenger side does as yeah. well. It's the, poor the, man selectable locker.
1: Yeah, the, the problem down the road is as as any component ages, you know. in particular vacuum lines, the, the connections start to get a little loose, so you lose some vacuum there. The hose might crack or kink. It doesn't work yeah and even worse situations this was a problem i had with project xj before the axle swap constantly get a little bit of water in that motor or in the vacuum system or something working yeah Yeah.
0: you you can't get into four-wheel drive speaking of xjs there in project xj um The Dana 30 high pinion axle actually does go back to 1984 in the Jeep XJ. Yes. So uh, the first time that we had this, quote-unquote, upgraded axle. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the weird part about this. The Dana 30 high pinion in 84 and 85 was available with and without that central axle disconnect. Really? I never knew that. But the versions that had no axle disconnect had instead of u-joints they had cv yeah. shafts in for axle shafts and they were very weak yeah a lot of the early models they used a smaller
1: size u-joint even anyways Yeah, it was not
0: desirable yes they did so. so you know but in the xj line and even the yj line now you had things like 355 373 and 410 gears available yeah. even 456s in some rare optioned vehicles I know those were
1: extremely rare yeah at least in stock application
0: yeah in a stock application yeah. so you know now they've got this dana 30 that is really light mm. and it now has a five on four and a half wheel bolt pattern it's it's the same width between the xj and the yj they're trying to do some commonality between the lines although yeah. the difference is in the xj line you had a coil mm. spring suspension in the front mm-hmm. and in the yj you had a leaf spring suspension yeah. in the front this axle continued production up until the end of the YJ line, and then it continued through into the XJ line. But for a minute there, I think we need to—we actually need to um, like split the two. Mm-hmm. We need to mention that in '95 was the last year for the Jeep YJ with the uh, vac, or I'm sorry, '95 was the last year for the Jeep YJ with leaf spring Dana 30 front. Mm-hmm. Late 95 is the most valuable Dana 30 ever made. Oh. Yes. Um, because in late 95, in the YJ line only, you could get a non-vacuum disconnect, high pinion, leaf spring Dana 30 front axle. I was unaware of this. It was only like the last huh. three or four months of production. They discontinued the vacuum disconnect just before they discontinued the YJ. Interesting. That axle... Today, if you have one, a lot of Jeep guys that have the older YJs will pay six or seven hundred dollars for that axle to swap Hmm. it into the old one. So, if you ever run into a 95 YJ, Mm -hmm. that is the most valuable because otherwise, every other Dana 30 ever made is worth like two hundred dollars or less. (laughs) Yeah, but if you have, I'm having
1: trouble trying to sell one for 120 bucks
0: exactly. Um, and there's some beauty of why these axles are so cheap and what you can do with them. Oh, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. Everywhere. Millions of Jeeps have had them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they continued. So what's the phrase, dime a dozen? Yeah, there you go. I wish they were that cheap. <laughs> they continued this same lineage of this high pinion axle in the Jeep XJ line. Yep. And this is where we start to get in the good Dana 30s. Yes. One of the most desirable for the aftermarket builders. Exactly. Hands down. <laughs> in 1995, mid-95, yep. they went from the 260 U-joint in the axle shafts to the 297X U-joint.
1: Yeah. a lot of It's also commonly called the 760X.
0: Yes. You'll yes. see it used
1: interchangeably. It's the same
0: thing. It's a larger U-joint. Yep. It's almost a quarter of an inch larger. Yeah say it's like the
1: 260 i believe is one uh, the 760s one and a quarter it is a dana that effect yeah
0: it's a dana 44 size u-joint yeah and so they jump up to this larger u-joint in mid 95 on the Mm -hmm. jeep xj line only not uh, you never get the larger u-joints in the yj no Um, well they stopped yeah they stopped (laughs) in 95 um so mid 95 you get the larger ones and they run that through the end of the XJ line for North America, which mm-hmm. is 2001. The, However, the, you say it, it yeah. John. You say it, John.
1: <laughs> it, so it, it started typically about 99.5, early 2000. They did start using the low pinions in a lot of them that were common in the TJ and the ZJ lines. Because the, they the ran Wrangler and the Grand Cherokee because they ran out of housings.
0: Yes, they ran out of housings. <laughs> yeah. And so they started... So, Just borrowing from what else existed. So the Jeep TJ line, there was no '96 Wrangler. No. Um, okay, back it up. Yes, there <laughs> are some unsold '95s that were retitled as '96s, but they do not. They are not officially '96 Wranglers. '97, no. the TJ Wrangler comes out, and it has the exact same front end design mm-hmm. as the XJ Cher- yeah. Cherokee. The XJ Cherokee has the coil spring four-link front suspension. But for whatever reason, Jeep decides to run a low-pinion front axle Mm -hmm. in all of the TJ lines. 97 all the way through the end of the TJ line in 06, low-pinion axle And
1: a little bit of overlap. The 93 starting the ZJ Grand Cherokee forward was the same.
0: Yeah, all the ZJs were low-pinion as well, right? Yep. Um, We're jumping around on models here, John. I think a quick honorable mention is... Going back a little bit, a couple mm-hmm. decades, the full-size Jeep Wagoneer oh, for like yeah, three yeah. years had a Dana forty, or I'm sorry, Dana thirty available yep. in the front. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about those axles; they're not the, very the, desirable. There
1: was an interesting note I came across, so the, this goes against some of my beliefs in terms of independent front suspension.
0: The, the Liberty?
1: No, the AMC Eagle.
0: Oh yeah, it yeah, had yeah. A, a front Dana thirty. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the first i was going to get to that later but yeah. the first ifs version of a dana 30 was in the amc eagle and unfortunately not the last <laughs> uh, yeah the jeep liberty also uses yeah. since day one is used a dana 30 ifs front axle and those are the yeah, only it is what it is i think those are the only <laughs> two dana 30 ifs setups i
1: believe so i could be wrong on that but i believe that's correct
0: yes yeah um going back to the tj so the tj kept this low pinion, but the mm-hmm. xj went high pinion from 90 late 95 well they were always high pinion up until yep. 99 um but they had larger u-joints mm-hmm. only from late 95 to 99 yeah then in 2000 and 2001 they had the low pinion axles same as the tj they had Correct. the tj front axle on. yep so I guess at that point, it's we really need to mention that if you're going to build a XJ or a TJ and you want a bolt-in front axle mm-hmm. that you can buy for cheap, the strongest version axle you can buy... Because the TJ, the XJ axles directly bolt in the TJs. Yep,
1: and the WJs. Or not W, the ZJs.
0: In the ZJs, yes. Yes. The ZJ Grand Cherokee, the first generation Grand Cherokee. If you want the strongest axle you can buy, you need to get a late 95 to 99 Dana 30 front axle. Build that one. Put that in, or in stock form, put that in Mm -hmm. your TJ, your ZJ, your XJ, no matter what you're, it's going to bolt into all yeah, of those. that's
1: me personally. I'm running a re geared XJ Dana 30 from 95 in my TJ.
0: Late 95 with the bigger U yep. joints? It's yeah. Got the
1: bigger U joints. It's a high pinion axle still and bolted right in.
0: And that's the strong, that is yep. the strongest version. Now, speaking of stronger versions, um, people would think that. Okay, they're like, oh, you guys are talking about the YJs and the TJs. What about the JKs that still have the Dana 30? Wouldn't they have beefed it up? The answer may not be yes on that. And I think after break, why don't we talk about the JK Dana 30 briefly before we start talking about the pros and cons of running a Dana 30.
1: Sounds good, and I think we'll have to back up and add one more note, which we'll discuss after the break.
0: Beautiful. Let's do it.
1: Have you heard the good news? Now there's a local paper that people just can't seem to get enough of. It's the Thumbprint News. The Thumbprint News is free and full of interesting stories that focus on what's important in our lives. Stories that touch on this area's rich history, unique places, and the diverse cultures
0: and people. You'll be in the know when you read the Thumbprint News. Go to thumbprintnews.com and read the paper online for free today. All right, John, you said you had a uh, note or something? Yeah, so the often forgotten WJ
1: Grand Cherokee Dana 30 front axle.
0: Okay. Oh, oh, WJ, so that yes. would be the second generation Grand Cherokee. Yes, the 99 to
1: 04 models. It, it, was, it was different, and a lot of people don't realize it was still a Dana 30. Yeah, it wasn't like a beefed-up version kind of? Essentially, it was wider. It was uh, just built a little bit differently. They went back to high pinion for that. The problem is, yeah, it doesn't swap into anything. Oh, It's a five inch wider uh, mounting surface or mounting distance between the two. So you're essentially almost three inches longer on either side of it. Hmm. But what a lot of common people do, and I know we're going to get to late, you know, axle upgrades later, the, the steering knuckles from this allow you to swap the older models to high steer and dual piston
0: brake calipers. Very nice. But um, then the unit bearings, though, on the WJ, those are 5 and 5, the same mm-hmm. as the JK, correct? Correct. The unit bearings don't swap,
1: but there is a space ring you have to weld to the older, or to that knuckle. It lets you use the older model knuckles as a bolt-on.
0: Okay, I think I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I, you, you said often forgotten. I forgot the WJ. Exactly. I mean I, I remember that it was solid axle, but <laughs> yep. I forgot. I mean, I would have known it was Dana 30 the, if I would have thought about it. last good Grand Cherokee. <laughs> exactly exactly and so, you yeah. can get a v8 in the wj versus the straight yes. six yeah
1: i know that v8 had a lot of issues the 4.7 but yeah. it was there it was yeah. available
0: um so okay so getting to the jk the jk is the last jeep to technically use a dana 30 because now yeah. they're calling in the jl line like we said they're yeah even though it's a dana 30 based axle they're calling it a different number yeah in the jk they came out with the dana 30 again Mm -hmm. um and you know i i i'm missing and i'm drawing a blank because i owned a jk (laughs) i don't remember if they're high pinion or low pinion i think they're high pinion
1: i don't know off the top of my head on that i honestly did not think they went past the wj so didn't look past that i know they did change the bolt pattern again they did
0: five on five yes okay so again it doesn't interchange with anything below it exactly so um and that's why i don't want to talk forever on the yeah. on the uh jk one yeah but as as an honorable mention- note <laughs> so the ring and pin and everything is great i mean it's fine it's dane 30 stuff mm-hmm. uh axle shafts are the same 27 spline axle shafts decent u-joints yeah fine the problem is they thinned the axle tubes yeah in the jk line and the jk dana 30 is known for cracking the axle tubes Mm -hmm. now i never had this problem because i didn't really wheel mine it was daily driver yeah um but if you're going to build a jk on dana 30s or on a dana 30 front axle you need to look at gusseting or there's actually sleeve kits that you can put on the tubes and
1: a lot of those sleeve kits are upgrades for the low a lot of the lower models too there's different options available to sleeve them to beef them up
0: yeah exactly Okay, so there's the history of the Dana 30. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. We said in a nutshell, but we actually covered a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Going back to the value of the 95 to 99, mm-hmm. or even any, for that purpose, any of the driver drop um, Dana 30s that you could find from 84 to, well, the end of the TJ line in 6 mm-hmm any of those axles swappability wise um this is just kind of a side note Mm -hmm. but the width and the bolt pattern is perfect oh yeah for swapping into a ford explorer Mm -hmm. a bronco 2 a ford ranger it's the same width you know wheel
1: or wheel pattern
0: same wheel pattern and same width yeah so if you're looking to Swap into something and you're not looking to run monster tires on mm-hmm. it. It's a great solid axle option.
1: I'd say that the sake of argument, the practical limit across the board with the Dana thirty is about thirty-threes. Anything over that, you're gonna want to start looking into aftermarket
0: axle shafts. I'm gonna disagree with you. Oh, okay. I I am gonna this is gonna be one of the first times that Keith and Johnny <laughs> Orange really disagree on something. The Dana thirty, I think, is the underdog of the axle community. Okay. Here's my reasoning behind it. If you look at a Dana 30 from a mechanical standpoint, Mm -hmm. yes, the ring and pinion is slightly smaller than a Dana 44. Okay? Mm -hmm. The axle shafts are 27 spline versus 30 spline that you'd find a Dana 44. You can upgrade them, but we're
1: not talking upgrades. We're talking stock form at the moment. Real
0: real quickly, Mm -hmm. real quickly, if you want to go to a 30 spline axle shaft, there's aftermarket axles available very reasonably, like as low as $300. Yeah and you can put those and of course you have to do a carrier change as well but you can go to 30 splines i believe even in certain models of the dana 30 which would be back to those yj tj and um, xj dana 30s you can take the rubicon dana 44 tj axle shafts and put them in it with a different carrier change i was not aware of that one yeah now the problem is though the Rubicon Dana 44 axle shafts, even stock ones, are typically more expensive than just buying the aftermarket shafts. Yeah. So, anyways, but back to what we were talking yeah. about. Um, you, there's some. There's a lot of upgrades you can do to the Dana 30. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I I, can't, I don't really. I won't say I lose, lost my train of thought there, <laughs> but um, what were we talking we're about? We're talking
1: there? about uh, practical max tire size. Oh in yeah, stock the, the form. max tire
0: size. Uh, We'll stick
1: with stock form on that, because aftermarket, you can beef it up. Here's the deal. You said 33s? is is the commonly associated practical limit.
0: Okay. I would agree with that if you are a throttle-down, you know, balls-to-the-wall type Mm -hmm. of wheeler. If you are a slow-speed technical trail rider slash rock crawler, I have seen Dana thirty survive all the way up to thirty sevens. I believe with, it. With the side note of in a lightweight rig, yeah. So if you're running a TJ that has, say, a big block Chevy swapped into it, and uh MV four thousand five hundred and a bunch of heavy parts, and you got a two hundred pound winch on the front of it. A Dana thirty is probably not great for you if you're running thirty seven inch tires, not. <laughs> but if you're running a four banger mm-hmm. and you are running, say, maybe a AX five or ax fifteen manual, mm-hmm. and you're running something all lightweight stuff, you might be able to get away with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew a guy years ago, and I'm just gonna say his username because I didn't know his real. I don't remember his real name, and I probably did know it at one time. Mm-hmm. There was a guy through Great Lakes Four Drive Association, and he went as Four Bangler. He had a YJ that he had taken and put a CJ5 front clip on, so it had round headlights nice. and the short nose. And he was running Dana 30 in the front with a Four Banger and a Five Speed. Hmm. And I believe he got up to 37s, might have been 35s, but he did rock crawling and stuff all over the place. As far nice. as I know, never broke an axle. Nice. Um, you know, but. You know, if you're going super high speed, torquey, whatever, that's where you're going to have the issues. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there is no magic number. As you oh, know, no,
1: no, I, you can you can build and gear anything to survive just about anything.
0: I blew up a Dana thirty on stock tires years ago. Impressive. I, my <laughs> XJ, you remember my old green XJ? Jacket? Oh yeah. I at the time I had stock tires on it, two thirty fives. I had gotten on eBay for like I'd won an auction for like next to nothing. I want to say it's like 40 bucks for a lock mm-hmm. right locker for Dana 30. Nice. Opened my front axle, put the lock right in it. So now it was locked, but I was on stock tires. Mm-hmm. Um and it was fine for like a year. Well then I had taken and the U-joints were getting bad in the axle shaft, so I replaced the U-joints with some. "Quote unquote big box store that you may or may not have worked at at one time, <laughs> uh U joints mm-hmm. instead of using Spicer U joints. Yeah, blew up, broke the axle shafts. I don't remember that part. I remember an issue you had with swapping an
1: axle, a stock. Anyways,
0: anyways, yeah, yeah. I was I was pulling my four wheeler out huh. of this out of the snow, and it was a straight line pull and just grenaded that thing. Ha! So nice, but <laughs> I digress, man. I digress." going back to the dana 30 um what kind of upgrades you can do RCV shafts
1: yep like, you can you can sleeve the axles you can, you can the dust axles. At it
0: you can truss them
1: so what what an axle truss is is essentially it, it's almost like a mini frame so to speak that goes from the left to the right mm-hmm. welds the tubes to the differential so it's all more of one unit so it really beefs up your mounting locations. It really makes every, all the mounts on it super strong. It's a good thing to do if you're going to be beating the crap out of it off-road.
0: Yes, yes. Um, so I guess really we've talked about the tire size thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the question that, the, really the final question, unless you have anything else, Should should a wheeler, Or a Jeep, I'm going to say Jeep enthusiast, because Mm -hmm. if you have an early Bronco, the Dana 30 they had was crap. It was drum brakes, low pinion, all that. Pull it out, put something better in it. More common in the Jeep. We're related to that. So, okay, Jeep world. Should a Wheeler keep the Dana 30, or should they swap something in? Something else in? I'd say that comes down to a question
1: of budget. Okay. If you have the money, I don't know. I mean, that is a tough question if you have the money, you're better spent probably putting it into a better axle.
0: Okay, well... But there's more work involved in that. Okay, then, can I give you a trick question? Sure. What axle should they put in, then?
1: Oh, that's totally dependent on what they're doing. Oh, well, we're talking front axle. There's not that yeah. many options. There's a 44, there's a 60. You can convert a, what is it, the corporate 14 bolt to a front axle. You can uh, okay, get 9-inch okay. front. I, I,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not talking the super crazy custom <laughs> stuff here. All right. What I'm talking about is the somewhat readily available options, which are 44 40, 40, and 60. 60. 44 and 60. Yeah. I have made this argument with a number of people over the years. Mm-hmm. And once we've talked about it for a minute, they have said to me, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Tell me the benefits of going to a Dana 44 over a 30 versus a 60
1: the number one thing that comes to mind is stock part availability
0: what if you build
1: a dana 30 you're looking at all aftermarket parts if you take if you swap a 44 in stock form which is going to be beefier and stronger than your stock dana 30 you can go to the auto parts store and get whatever you need off the shelf any auto
0: parts store Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Um, If you look at the numbers, and like you said, we've talked before, I'm kind of Mm -hmm. a numbers guy. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I remember off the top of my head, a Dana 44, the axle shaft size, and the ring and pinion size is only something like 11% stronger than a high pinion Dana 30. and In fact... In independent testing, low-pinion Dana 44s have been proven to be weaker than a high-pinion Dana 30. I could see it. So, why would a Wheeler take his hard-earned money to, say, take an XJ with a Dana 30 or a TJ with a Dana 30, pull that axle out, and then just put a Dana 44 in it? To me, it's like apples to apples there. If you're
1: talking strictly stock to stock, then yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, correct.
0: I... I'm thinking that the Dana 44, and I do want to do a Dana 44 episode Mm -hmm. in the future, maybe episode 44. I like it. All right. (laughs) Um, But the Dana 44, in my opinion, is a pointless axle to swap in to replace your Dana 30. If you have a Dana... Well, all right, let me back up. (laughs) To replace your good Dana 30. Okay. If you've got one of the high pinion... Um, you know, and you've got big U joint the big U joint axles. Yeah. axles. Now, if you don't, then maybe it's better to swap in that axle because it'll just direct bolt in. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if you look- can
1: find it, they are extremely rare in the XJ, TJ, ZJ lines. There's very, very few builds. I know there's some Canadian builds that had that 44 front axle as an option. But they are so extremely rare. It's not almost. No, it's almost not even that's worth a, considering. That's a
0: rumor, dude. I don't believe it. I've seen them. Really? That, <laughs> I've you know have a
1: Rubicon? I should say I've seen one. It was not a you're Rubicon. You're talking the rear? Nope. it was a Grand Cherokee, a ZJ with a front Dana 44 from the factory. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I think you're pulling my leg there. L- that that was to the best of my knowledge, I should say. Okay, that was the stock application. All right. It may not have been, in which case I'm going to have to talk to that guy. <laughs> all
0: right. All right. <laughs> what I'm talking about here is the, you know, like so. Say you got a CJ. hmm You're obviously not going to swap a driver drop front axle unless you're doing a transfer case swap. Correct. So if you got a CJ and you're pulling out the Dana 30, yeah, put a Dana 44 on it with a oh, disc yeah. brakes and all that are everywhere. But if you're talking <laughs> about an XJ, a YJ, or a TJ, you're going to be better keeping that Dana 30 until the point where you think Dana 60s are a necessity. Yeah. And Dana 60s, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of wheelers' opinions, are going to be 37 inches and above oh, with your yeah. tires. Oh, yeah. So if you're only running 33s or 35s... You're fine with what you got. You can yeah. build it. Don't let people tell you because they will. Mm -hmm. don't let people tell you your dana 30 is weak
1: no they're i mean it's a great starting point if you're starting out until you get to the hardcore off-road only rigs they're great and very fairly cheaply you can build them you can build a solid dana 30 pretty cheap
0: you absolutely can and i think that um and a lot of people said no they're not worth it oh you know i I could totally glossed over one. Another swappable one, the S series of tr- GM trucks. Even though the mm. wheel bolt pattern is wrong, mm-hmm. the width is perfect to put a Dana 30 um, from an XJ, YJ, TJ into a S10, S15 hmm. Sonoma Jimmy. Nice. So um, they are a swappable axle if you use the right one. You got to be smart about it. Yeah. Basically, what we're saying, folks, here. Is that don't throw it out yet. <laughs> don't throw it out yet. And the one that's really worth keeping or swapping into your rig is going to be the late '95 to '99 um, Dana 30 front out yeah. of an XJ. Yeah, out of a Cherokee. Um, beyond that, you know, if you've got a Dana 30 in a JK or a TJ, you know, the the, the beauty of having one in a TJ is any of the um upgrades that you do to it Mm -hmm. even if you have a low pinion like let's say you do one of the aftermarket um unit bearing removal where you go to a real hub and stuff like that That
1: was an upgrade we forgot to discuss we did yeah and i believe there's junkyard ways to do it there are but i believe it usually changes your bolt pattern and it requires some machining a little bit yeah yeah. but there there are manufacturers out there to come to mind that you can buy i don't know if the one company still makes them but you can buy a front hub conversion kit for your XJZJTJ.
0: I think you can get it from Warren Dynatrack, and Spintech. All right, so three. Um,
1: I I know at one point Mile Marker made them, or at least I found a listing for them. I think I you're right. I don't believe that Warren makes them anymore, though.
0: Okay. Right. I, I knew I Warren discontinued wrong. them, so yeah, Warren. discontinued them? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it them? was Warren,
1: okay. Okay. at a time I came across a used one
0: that I almost bought and i tried to find more on the website it wasn't there i see i see um so you know yeah if you want to take and you want to build or build your current axle Mm -hmm. as long as you have one that's worth building yeah or or putting a little bit of money into, yeah and that's
1: i'm a huge proponent of that yeah you know build what you have
0: beef it up you know i guess on a final note there let's talk about lockers for a a minute Mm -hmm. um we've talked about lockers in previous episodes my opinion is if you're gonna put a Dana 30 together, mm-hmm. don't spend a thousand dollars on an block ARB, ARB locker. No. Don't spend you know the Detroit lockers and all that. Go ahead and put like a lock right or mm-hmm. a lunchbox locker or
1: yeah the Spartan locker is another brand of and them. just wheel the we out of it yeah and what what the so the lunchbox locker that we're discussing, the majority of lockers replace your entire front differential carrier. So what the gears ride on, you replace with a locker, whether it's air-activated, electronically activated, or just always there, like a, uh, like a spool, for example, which would not be a good idea in a front axle. All right. <laughs> the, the lunchbox locker replaces your spider gears. So what's inside the carrier is what replaces that.
0: Exactly.
1: You you can take a lunchbox locker, you swap the cross pin in the guts, and you're done, essentially. All right. Anyone can do that at home. So it doesn't require any special setup
0: tools or anything like that. You want to finish this one out, John, (laughs) on a challenge? We could do that. Or do you got something else you want to talk about? I had something I was going to say, and I forgot. I know. (laughs) Oh, well, let's talk about it in the after show. If you're interested in the after show, go to patreon.com. Yep. um, Look up Wheelin, and you can talk in the end of the trail episodes. You can hear about that. Here's our challenge. Here's how I want to finish the Dana 30 episode. Mm -hmm. Go join the the Facebook community 4x4Talk, okay? Post in 4x4Talk the most extreme photo that you have of a dana 30 surviving in your wheel and trip so if you got like like 40s on it or something like so the most extreme photo that shows up on 4x4 talk of a dana 30 just absolutely ripping it up and surviving we're gonna send you a decal i like it so that's the challenge there folks get your pictures join 4x4 talk put your pictures out there we're gonna send you a wheel and decal and uh On that, unless you got anything else, John, why don't you do your thing? I don't think I do at the moment, so thanks for listening, and have a
1: good one, everybody.